0: Today. Hallelujah. hallelujah. And I see in the spirit plagues of long continuance here right now. If you have been sick in your body with persistent symptoms for more than 1 year, put your right hand on that place in your body. Hallelujah. Man, I just got hit with like 220 volts. I see the Lord about to turn plagues of long continuance right now. In Jesus' name, these persistent, devilish symptoms that have endured for more than one year, they go now! In Jesus' name. And I see see scar tissue being turned. And it looks like Brand new baby tissue, pink. I see obstructions being cleared out, even in the lungs, in Jesus' name. Take a deep breath. Someone who has persistent pain, it's going now, in Jesus' name. Grace and truth, you don't have to wait. In Jesus' name, I thank you for it. I thank you for it. I thank you for it. Hallelujah. Hey, in Jesus' name, all through this body. Hey, hey, in Jesus' name, it turns, it turns, it turns. Hey, in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. We need to praise Jesus. Wonderful King. Woo! Hallelujah. God has so much for Grace and Truth Church on Sunday morning, and I'm delighted to be here. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand, clap. Praise the Lord God. Hallelujah. You see it? I don't like anything that freaks of tradition. I don't like anything that ever gets us in a rut where we always expect the same stuff. I don't like to preach on holidays because people have ideas about stuff and they schedule lunches and a bunch of other stuff. But the Lord told me to be here on this Sunday. And he knew it would be Father's Day. So I'm here. And as I always do, with Pastor Will's permission, I'm changing the name of the church for the next couple of hours. From Grace and Truth Church to Let It Rip Fellowship. I came here on January 1st. And I stood in this sacred pulpit and I brought you the word of the Lord. And I have no intention to stop now. I don't know the next time I'm going to get to Cypress, Texas to be with you. I will be. I have a covenant with your pastor and with this house. I promise you I will stand on a stage in a beautiful building and help dedicate this new church building. And even after the great man of God was talking, he mentioned something about growing in youth. I saw in the spirit a powerful ministry to single women and single moms that will come completely beat up, abused, starved. And in 12 months time, they will be like completely brand new people under your discipleship. It will happen in this house. And I can see the building. I don't see it today. But I can see the building. And I remember feeling the streams behind me. So it blesses me to see a scream behind me. Hallelujah. Well, listen. We're going to just jump into the flow. I have no idea what the Holy Ghost is going to do this morning. But I know it's going to be good. I know it's going to be good. And if I can encourage you, brothers and sisters, with one thing. Stir your hunger and your expectation. It's so easy to come to church every Sunday morning. And we should. God says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Even more so as you see the end approaching. We're supposed to be here. But it's so easy to just show up on Sunday morning. But we've really already got Sunday afternoon planned. Already thinking about the pressures of next week. But listen. Dial in for an hour, for two hours, and say, Lord, I want everything that you have for me. If there's one thing I can say in almost 30 years of ministry that sets me apart from so many of my brethren, is that I have something from God that says, I want more. If I get around the presence of God. My innate reaction down in my DNA is, God, I only want what you have for me. Today, God can make more happen in 15 minutes in his presence than 35 years of human effort. My life proves it. Some of you have seen that for your lives. You've seen the supernatural hand of God come and make the impossible possible. Somebody here desperately needs the Lord to bring supernatural acceleration. Too many wasted years. Too many flips of the calendar. And in your heart of hearts, you feel like you don't have enough time left on planet earth to really achieve everything that's in your heart for the Lord Jesus. Supernatural acceleration only happens in His presence. Hey, I love Bible study as much as anyone on planet Earth. But you're only going to get so much at home reading the Word. We've got to come where the manifest presence of God is. Where the ministry gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are. And say, Lord, I want everything you have for me in this moment of time. In two hours... For sure, this meeting will be over and we'll never get this opportunity again. God has something for you. I I can't get away from exhorting on spiritual hunger. Jesus said, blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Spiritual hunger says I'm not satisfied with what I've had. I won't for me and if you're really honest and you look in your heart of hearts you know that there's more hallelujah Amen. you know that there's more praise the lord every time i look at you i hear this word i didn't check in with you about your job situation have no idea every i'm trying to preach you. you're interrupting my message the lord just told me to tell you management 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 and supernatural promotion shall be yours Amen. hallelujah glory be to Jesus. Well, it is Father's Day, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Proverbs 17 6 says that <clears throat> what does Proverbs 17 6 say? <laughs> Children's children are the crown yes. of old men. Yes. But the glory of children is their father. You don't have to try to get a granddad to tell you about his grandkids. It'll just come out. Want to see pictures? Look at what they're doing. They're walking. They're playing t-ball. Right? But the glory of children is their father. I can take you to any playground anywhere on earth. And there will be two kids tussling. And one of them will say, my dad, can look, your your dad. The glory of children is their father. And God gives us children as a blessing. As a heritage from The Lord. And you wouldn't know it in 2023. But God says that we're supposed to have lots of children. That they're a blessing from the Lord. And blessed we are when our quiver is full of them. You know they say that if we don't pick up the birth rate. Because people are having less and less children. They're married later and later in life. And the culture is poisoning women to think that it's a burden. It's like a curse to bear children. But it's a blessing from God. Hallelujah. But here on this Father's Day as I was praying this morning. It's 5.40 in my hotel room. I heard this word. And this word means a lot to me. Privately. But it's for you too. The prodigal shall return. I speak to mothers and I speak to fathers here in this house. And I tell you by the word of the covenant keeping God. The prodigals shall return. And even when you don't see it. Hey, you know how you know you're hearing the word of the Lord? You know how you're hearing God? You chose that song for the last one. I reached over to my daughter Madison. And I said, I'm going to have her do. What's the name of that song that I like? Waymaker. And you already had it on the song list. I wanted to take the pulpit after that song. And it was about this word for the prodigals. Even when you don't see it, I'm working I tell you by the word of the Lord. It'd be enough if I just gave you Proverbs 22.6 that you train that child up in the way they should go. They might drift a little bit, but when they're old, they're not going to depart. But I can tell you by the, word of, by the prophetic word of God this morning on June 18th, God is working in the lives of your prodigals and they will return. Amen. If you believe that, let your amen be allowed. loudest. And I see your children, pastors. I see every one of your children who I don't know that I've ever met. I see every one of your children surrounding you and serving God. Every single one. Every time I turn this way, I've got to turn away from it. Because I see you encircled by your children and your grandchildren as a heritage of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Well, I just got to be me. There's not going to be any like outline teaching. Well, I say that and then we'll go right down an outline. But <laughs> I just came to flow in the Holy Ghost. But I came to bring you the word of the Lord. It's all I care about on planet earth. I want to know what God, what are you saying right now? I don't want to celebrate everything you've done in the past, even though I'm a student of revival history. I don't want to always, that's what the church loves. It's always, a, it's, your season is coming. Oh, and the next season, just around the corner. Hang all that. He's not the God of I will be. He's the God of I am today. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Yes. Today is the day of healing. Today is the day of provision and prosperity. Today is the day of deliverance. You say that, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you really understood that today is your day, you change your life. You know, the Lord told me once, son, if you could see what I'm trying to bring you. You could never have a down day. And any time I'm even tempted to think a discouraging thought, I remember the Lord is only bringing me great things. If I could only see what the Lord is fighting for me to bring me, I could never be discouraged by this present circumstance. That's what the Apostle Paul said. N-O-T-T-M-M. I taught my kids this when they were little. N-O-T-T-M-M. None of these things move me. None of these things move me. I'm not allowed to be moved by negative reports. And I've received some. I'm not allowed to be moved by negative circumstances. And I've lived through some. None of these things move me because what I can see with these eyes and hear with these ears, that doesn't tell the whole story. That doesn't tell the whole story, grace and truth. Paul said it like this. We don't look to the things that are seen but we look to the things that are unseen. For the things that you can see with your eyes, they are subject to change. Yeah. Got a particle? Whoop-de-whoop. They're subject to change. Yeah. The doctor says you have cancer and you have to die and you cannot live? Sorry, you're not the final authority. Right. Yeah, right. Amen. Bank account says that you won't make it to the end of the month? So sorry, Bank of America. You don't control my reality. God's Word controls my reality. Amen. One, one little whiff of the breath of God can change all your circumstances. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hannah. Yeah. yeah. I like you. <laughs> I don't remember prophetic things very often. It irritates my wife to no end. In fact, pause. I forgot my family was here. I'll be right back, Hannah. It is so good to have my family here with me. Because they, I think they've only been here one other time, maybe back in the old building a long time ago. So my wife of almost 24 years, my favorite person on planet Earth, absolutely. They don't even have good vocabulary to say what she is to me. The wind beneath my wings, I mean, I don't even know what that means, but, but yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. My son Russ is 18, and he starts Bible college on August 7th. At Harler, Rice, Before he was born, we lost a baby, and it, it gutted us. I mean, it was a gut punch. We, we, we didn't have, you know, you're never expecting something like that, but we lost a baby. And I mean, it hit me hard. And I took a walk one day, and I walked out down, down, the, down the driveway, and I turned right onto this little sidewalk. And as I turned, I heard the Lord say, You'll have a son this time next year, and you can name him Russ, and he will have a heart after me. I haven't told him this until he turned 18. He'll be a prophet because I never wanted him to have that until he was a man and could embrace it for himself. And then he would have a heart for me. He'll be a prophet, and he'll travel with you around the world. And here he is. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Praise wow. the Lord. Praise the Lord. And then, here's, and, and then here's my youngest daughter, my Miracle Madison. Ten years ago, and I'll, I'll booger the time frames. Ten years ago, we had a terrible report, and her joints began to swell. And at nine years old, she could no longer run and play, and she limped everywhere. And uh, we sat down with these doctors, and they said that she has a juvenile, um, a very aggressive juvenile, women's arthritis, and it's moved into her eyes. And she could be blind, and it's jump sides of the body. And they gave us all these terrible reports. And she was in chronic pain. And, you know, you see all the other kids running and playing, but she can't run and play. And her knees were swelled up three times her size, and her wrist, and she fell and she broke both arms. And we had all this stuff screaming in our face all the time. And I was in my office at the church in Fort Worth, and she came to me, and I'm going to get – if I get the date wrong, correct me. She came into my office and she says, Dad, God spoke to me that on May the 22nd, I'm going to be healed of arthritis. And – And I said, wow, you know, and my my son um, is like super prophetic, not to put a bunch of pressure on him, super prophetic. And, you know, we went through a hurricane, and a week before, he would come every time, dad, 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 I see the house full of water. I see how everything we own gone. It's all gone to the water. And then Hurricane Ike came, and our house was filled with four feet of water for three weeks, and everything was gone. So my kids are prophetic, and I've learned not to just discount everything. So she said, Dad, on May 22nd, I'm going to be healed. And I said, well, when's May 22nd? Well, that was tomorrow. It was on a Saturday in the church office. And that Sunday morning, um, I got the church together, and we prayed over her, and not a thing happened. And I was like, wah, wah, wah. (laughs) You couldn't see anything change on the outside until about 10 minutes later, she came running. Dad, 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 I can sit. I can sit on my knees. I can jump. I can run. And she's been healed ever since. Praise the Lord. So, so miracles, miracles are under great attack in the body of Christ. I mean under great attack by mainline denominations. But you've come to me too late. You'll never ever convince me that miracles are abortion. Because we live from miracle to miracle to miracle. Praise the Lord. So, back to you, Hannah. I don't remember prophetic things. But I had something happen at Intercontinental Airport. And I kid you not, I was right back here standing in front of you. And this is what happened. We were coming on this trip. And we're going to drive like you know, thousands of miles on this, this ministry trip. And I wanted a black 2024 Tahoe. And I rent from National Rental Car, and there's a nationwide shortage, and they don't have it. So I had to take whatever they had, and they gave me like a full-size car. And you take one look at me, even though I'm smaller today than I've been in a very, very long time. Praise the Lord. We'll just call that down 80 pounds to the glory of God. Hey, I sat here January 1st, and I told you y'all watch a miracle. Effortless weight loss down 80 pounds, man. Pretty awesome. My birthday's August seventh, and the Lord told me I'm gonna give you a birthday present. I'm gonna take like a hundred pounds off your frame, and we are right on track. So, cool. and so and I'm a big guy. I'm not driving a full size car all over Texas, and man, I got ladies in the family, and they pack, and they pack, and they, pack, yeah. you know. Me and Russ, we can do it in a backpack and a carry-on, you know. <clears throat> so I need, I need a car. And I'm believing God. And they just, they don't have any. And they gave me a full-size car. So I'm like, Lord, we'll make the best of it. I'll stay grateful. But But Belinda and I prayed. We said, Lord, you do this all the time for us. I'm calling in a 2024 Chevy Tahoe that will fit my family as we travel all over Texas ministry. And they don't have one. And I get there and they don't have one. And traffic is nuts into the rental car center at Intercontinental. There's like a hundred of us in line, and they only got like maybe ten cars, and they're all little cars. And I said, Lord, where's my full-size SUV? And I was going to back off. Lord, I'll take the Toyota RAV4. I don't care. I see something that I can put all the luggage in the back, you know. And as I'm praying, as I'm praying, I see a black Tahoe just go past me. And I said, Lord, that's my toggle. <laughs> God is my witness. I see brake lights. They U turn and they come back. And she goes, You, you want this? Like this. <laughs> so I said, Me want this. So they, they didn't even stop and put it in part. Just got out, left it running. I jumped in, put my stuff in, and took off. And as I was pulling away, I said, Lord, thank you for your favor. And the Lord said, That's how Hannah's life's going to be. The people will see your life. And they'll say that his favor isn't fair. Why do things just work for you? Because the favor of the Lord is on your own. Amen. 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 The Lord. So, we are getting the benefit of God's object lesson that favor isn't fair, but especially for Him. Praise <laughs> the Lord. All right. Well, listen. I want to get into the Word of God, and I'm torn. And, Russ, I told you I would be torn. Because I could go about five different directions, and I don't know which way to go. But I want to get it here in a minute, so I'm actually kind of killing time. Let me tell you about a great miracle that just happened. <laughs> hey, listen, I'd rather follow the Holy Ghost than just follow on through, I'm telling you. So we you about a great miracle that happened in the Netherlands. We were just in a minister's conference, and a guy came up, and he, he said the most profound miracle. He's got a healing ministry there, and... One of the most notorious criminals in all of the Netherlands was walking down the street, and he's a crime boss, and he has a friend who got in an accident and is a quadriplegic, and he can't move his arms, can't move his legs, and they have a doctor-assisted suicide there, and he's applied to the government, and the government's going to kill him in 21 days because you can do euthanasia there and commit suicide. It's a wicked, wicked, wicked thing. Especially the guy is not wanting him. 21 days, he's definitely going to hell. So, <clears throat> this, this gangster is walking down the road and he sees this man of God's book on display in a bookstore. <clears throat> and all it said is, Your faith can bring someone else a miracle. And that guy walked in and he bought the book. He's not a Christian, he is a hardcore drug runner gun runner, gangster. Killed lots and lots of people with his bare hands. He gets that book and he's just staring at that and says, your faith can bring a miracle to somebody else. And he said, well, listen, my friend is going to die by doctor-assisted suicide in 21 days. I'm going to try this out. He walks over to his friend, goes to his house, lays hands on the guy and says, I don't know what this is about. He had flipped through the pages of the book And said, but this this book says that Jesus can give this guy a miracle if I ask. So Jesus, if you're real, I ask you for a miracle. And the quadriplegic gets instantly healed. His spinal cord comes back together and he can walk and move and arms and legs. And it sets off a revival in the organized crime community in the Netherlands. And this hardcore gangster gets saved. So he goes to the author of the book, walks up to his ministry offices, and he is an intimidating looking dude. So the minister said, Look, I'm full of the Holy Ghost, but if that guy's walking past me at night in a dark alley, I'm walking to the other side and praying in tongues. He's a mad dude. And he walks in to the front of their ministry office in of the and goes, I want to talk to you, and you know, the author of the book. And the guy gets gloriously saved. Gloriously saved. Repent of his life of crime and said, I'm going to live for Jesus. And, and, and this guy is so busy. He's booked for like the next year, every single night, somewhere across the world, preaching. He has no downtime. So he just ends the guy a Bible and says, start reading this book. And I'll reach out to you by text message when I can. So he checks with me. You know where I'm going. So am I okay to tell this? So he checks in with me and two weeks later. By text message, and he goes, "Hey, how's it going?" And he said, "Man, I started in the, in the book of Genesis." He's like, "Oh man, forgot to tell him I started in the Gospel of John." He says, "It's all right; God will work it out." So he starts in the in the book of Genesis, and so he checks in with him again the next week. Three he's been saved. How are things going? He said, "Man, things are great. I got circumcised yesterday." <laughs> True story. I got circumcised yesterday. Now. This is a rough, tough, former gangster. So they, they said, you know, what did you say? He said, I didn't say anything. He said, I'm going to let him get to Galatians on his own and figure it out. <laughs> I thought it was very, very funny. So note to self, when you win people to Jesus, have them start in the Gospel of John. Yet? Especially the males. Praise the Lord. All right. I asked the Lord, what would you have me minister on at Grace and Truth Church? And I don't like to title messages at all because then I get put into a box. And then I feel like I've, I've announced what we're going to minister on, then I kind of go that direction. So I really pull back from that. And, you know, I, I watch Pastor Will's podcast almost every single week. And I, I kid you not. There's never a time I don't pull it up on Apple TV, and he's got like the coolest titles for his messages. And I'm like, Jesus, someday maybe I could do that. And he's like I told you this before, but he's such an amazing teacher, I mean, and everything makes up. sense. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it's wonderful. And in fact, I had this thought, and this is just—I'm just talking about your amazing pastor. I believe I could take any, any person on earth, no matter their level of Christianity, from being born again one day or have been walking with God for 50 years. And I think I could put them under Pastor Will's ministry for 52 straight weeks and their life would be transformed by the gospel of grace. It hits it from every single angle. I've never heard him preach a dud, and that's saying something. I'm always blessed when I listen to his podcast. And even as I sit here and I'm talking about this. I see it again. I just see an odometer rolling. I'm telling you. You keep being faithful. There will be a day that it just jumps. And God adds a zero. And then God adds two zeros. That's the way this thing works. And I'm excited that I was here in the early days. You know the Bible says. Despise not the day of small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work again. God rejoices in Grace and Truth Church. That's a fact. Faithful, faithful, faithful man of God. Praise the Lord. Alright. So, Jeremiah 37, 17. King Zedekiah. He goes up to Jeremiah and he says, Is there any word of the Lord? And the prophet says, there is. Grace and Truth Church in America. Is there any word of the Lord? There is. There is. For Grace and Truth Church, is there any specific word of the Lord? There is. I am a student of what God is doing on the earth. And one of the things that is a great concern to me is that if everything that people say God is saying is true, then God is a schizophrenic. and means mental health. <laughs> Some people say that God is giving you cancer to teach you something. Some people say that he's giving you cancer because it's all up to you. And some people are saying you don't have to live with cancer for another second. And those are the guys that are right. Amen. But there's so many things being proclaimed in the name of God. How in the world do people actually discern what the truth is? Well, all things have to come back to the written word of God Isn't that true? Peter said that this is the surest book, the surest word of prophecy. And I flow a lot in the prophetic. I've already released some prophetic words today and I'm probably going to do some more. But I want to bring to you a corporate word of the Lord. And this is from God Himself. And if I got up like Pastor Will does every single week, he doesn't have to have A burning bush experience to bring you something that will change your life. There's 31,102 verses in this book. Any one of them will produce fruit because it's the Word of God. That's the logos. And that's what we build our lives on. But I'm going to bring you this morning a rhema. I'm going to bring you a single word in as many as five parts. I'm going to bring you a single word that God said, Give this, release this prophetic word at Grace and Truth Church. And I'm going to talk to you about what's to come in America. And I do this with fear and trembling before a holy God. Because none of us see perfectly clear. The Bible says that we all see through at last darkly. But if I didn't believe every single word that I'm about to release to you was from God, I wouldn't wouldn't be here. I'd rather not say anything than to risk getting something wrong. Because I'm going to give account for every word that I've declared in His name. But God has some things to say about what's going on in America. And this is not going to be like a Republican National Committee rally. Those dudes are just as wicked as the Democrats. I'm going to talk to you about the word of the Lord. That came to me. And I heard the Lord say. There shall be two Americans. And I was sitting in a resort. In Clearwater Beach. If I'm lying I'm dying. It's 6.40 in the morning. And one thing's for sure, if you know Russell Wolfing, at six forty in the morning I'm gonna have a cup of coffee and my Bible, and I'm gonna be spending time with God. I could be in a one star hut in the middle of Africa, or I'm being a five star resort in Clearwater, Florida, like I just was. Six forty in the morning I'm gonna be away from people, I'm gonna be spending time with God, because that's that's my custom. And I got that from Jesus. It says, early in the morning, well before dawn, as was his custom, he got up and went away with the Father. I've patterned my life after that since I was 19 years old. So I pull out my planner and my Bible. And I'm saying, Lord, I'm going in a few weeks. I'm going to be at Grace and Truth Church. And i got a lot of other ministry things going on. What do you want me to minister on? I'll stand up there with nothing and let it rip. I've proven it. But if you want to give me something, I'll study. I'll spend this time meditating. And I heard the Lord say, there shall be two Americas. And I heard that phrase before, but I couldn't remember where. And God is my witness. I heard audibly. This special is about two Americas. And I look up and there's a video wall, not, not in the spirit, literally a video wall on the other side of this resort. And there's an MSNBC special called Two Americas. You know what we call that, folks? That's supernatural confirmation. So I'm not wondering if I've got the word of the Lord. I'm going to talk to you about Two Americas. But you can't listen to this word with natural ears. Nothing in God is natural. It's played out in the natural. Everything in God is spiritual. Right? For God is a spirit. And those that worship Him, worship Him in spirit and in truth. If you have the Bibles, I'm going to go off on a little aside here. Go with me to Galatians 6. Don't go there. I'll read it to you. I won't lie. There's a real challenge going on in the body of Christ. There's a lot of people, hundreds of millions, that name the name of Jesus. But they're not all really Christians. They're not really spiritual people. They name the name of God. You, you've had this for a long time in America. Our money says, in God we trust. So there's this inherent belief that, I mean, I'm an American, so I, I must be a Christian. I mean, I believe there's a God up there somewhere. I have personally went up to thousands and thousands and thousands of complete strangers and talked to them about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can tell you that most People think they're okay with God because they relate to God by their own definition of who He is and what He requires. And then as soon as you bring in the Word of God, baby, it's on. Because you're challenging what they believe. Amen. Madison, how many people did you personally lead to Jesus last semester? I'm just curious. Over 100. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is my 19-year-old daughter. She, this, is, this, this is not because she's my daughter. This is the future of America. 19-year-olds full of God that would take their time to walk up to complete strangers and not be a jackass. Can I say jackass? Not be a jackass, but just say, hey, I just wanted to ask you, has anyone ever told you that God loves you and has an amazing plan for your life? And that's her hook. And some people say, get the blankety blank, and she just moves on to the next one. But that little sweet girl right there had 125 people that said yes to Jesus one-on-one. I don't know how many people in her Bible. She just finished her first year at Bible college. I don't know how many people that your class has led to Jesus, but if each one had similar numbers, you know, probably thirty-five or forty thousand people just in the city of Tampa said yes to Jesus one-on-one. That's the future of the church. Folks. And I'm not here to talk about personal soul winning and evangelism. I'm not here to puff up my own kids and everything. You know. Uh, But but I am super proud of her. (laughs) her. But most Christians aren't really spiritual. I mean, I'm not beating anyone up, and I'm definitely not beating any of you up. But most people that are really born again, they have Jesus, but they absolutely keep Him to themselves. I've known men in the ministry that in 50 years of ministry have never personally led another person to Jesus themselves one-on-one. They, they, they give an altar calls. It's not really prevalent in their ministry. But one on one, they've never told another person about Jesus. What causes that? Galatians 6, this is the answer. I don't know that I've ever heard this preached before. I'm going to give it to you for free. Just, the Lord just derailed me. <clears throat> Galatians 6. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness Considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. I want to focus in on these four words. Paul is talking to Christians here. And he says, if anyone is overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual, go help them. Which means there are Christians who are not spiritual. Doesn't mean that they're not born again. Doesn't mean that their name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. But they're not spiritual. Spiritual. And my ministry does not appeal to people that are not spiritual. You will just think I'm a a fat, screaming, sweaty guy. I came to speak to your spirits, to spiritual people, to give you a lasting deposit that will change your life. My wife and I prayed this morning in our hotel suite that for some people that are sitting in this room, this would be a high watermark for your life in God. You say, Russell, that's pretty bold. Yep, it sure is. God wants to take you from glory to glory and faith to faith and strength to strength.
1: That's what God wants to
0: do. I'll tell you this much. Grace and truth, church, I love you. But if you're in the same place today as you were a year ago, you're backslidden. You are backslidden if you're in the same place today that you were a year ago. I love you. But I love you enough to tell you the truth. This is an advancing kingdom. Proverbs four eighteen says, "The path of the righteous, the path of the people that grace the truth, church, it shines brighter and brighter, and gets better and better under that glorious day." There's no moving backwards in the kingdom of God. Amen. You who are spiritual, we don't have a very spiritual church, Pastor Will. We have a very carnal church, and they relate to God and they relate to the world with what they can see and what they can hear. God doesn't dwell here. It was in a meeting with a Muslim. that came up and got saved. And he said, I go to the mosque many times a week and they appeal to me here. But hearing you preach, it rocks me right down here. I feel this churning and this burning. Because that's where God dwells. Jesus said that from your belly in your spirit would flow rivers of living water. Not your mind. Not your head. If I could get Christians to get out of their head, we could turn this nation in 30 days. Hallelujah. Well, that was for free. You who are spiritual. So I'm going to talk to you about some prophetic things about two Americans. And if you try to make this make sense in your head, what do you mean two Americans? You mean the states are going to have a convention and succeed from the union? No. Be spiritual. Listen. Jesus said it like this. You who have ears to hear... Here with your spiritual ears Amen and I'm not mad this is just this is how I communicate until you get me out of the pulpit that's my kids I'm not like this any other time I'm like super quiet I have this thing with God I can sit in a room full of people and be completely okay to be quiet I'm not like an alpha male that has to like be the center of attention but get me up with a bible in one hand and a microphone in the other and it's on baby I get, like, turned into another man. I'm spiritual. Amen. 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 All right. Two Americans. Hallelujah. Psalm 85.8. I want you to just meditate on this. This is for you. This is for your life this week. Psalm 85.8. I will hear what the Lord God will speak. I opened up this year on purpose in this pulpit talking to you about Hearing the voice of God. The greatest asset you can have in your journey as a Christian is to be able to hear the voice of God and be able to discern between your own will and God's will. Amen. And it's a mixture, buddy. Amen. we got to really press in sometimes to discern what's God and what's me. And a lot of times, the more you give yourself to Jesus, the more they're aligned. I used to hear people say, God told me, what do you want to do, son? I thought that was blasphemy? But the more you give your heart to Him entirely, the more you're unified with God in your thoughts, in your motives, in your actions. I don't want anything that God doesn't want. I'm blessed. I mean, I am, I, am, I am physically, monetarily blessed. But I don't want anything that God doesn't want me to have. And anything that I have, if God says to give it, He can have it. I don't want anything that He doesn't want me to have. As much as I love Pastor Will, I wouldn't be here on Sunday morning if I didn't believe with all my heart this is where God wants me. Do you know what the church would look like if God's people only went where He said to go and only said what He said to say? You wouldn't have a boring life. You'd have a life of more adventure than you could ever dream of. Hallelujah. So, 2019... I am coming off a 40-day fast. And I have a dream. And I'm not given to dreams. Prophetic dreams irritate me. They irritate me to interpret for myself. And they really irritate me to interpret for other people. I don't do it. At our ministry, P.O. Box, I-, I received a 30-page prophetic dream from someone that looks like the person was on crack cocaine who suffered from severe bipolar schizophrenia and had a dream they wanted me to interpret. I got through the first three pages and just threw it in the trash. I don't get it. I'm not giving to dreams. And I I hear people that they're always caught away to heaven and always walking with Jesus. I don't believe them. If you're always with Jesus, you're going to look like Him and smell like Him and the fragrance of Jesus will be everywhere around you. Mm -hmm. If every day God's giving you dreams of supernatural insight, you're not going to be broke and going through a divorce and on marriage number five. If every day you're being having encounters with supernatural encounters of God and angels are coming to you, your life is going to look like Jesus. So I'm, when I say I had a dream, I don't say this lightly. I had a dream in 2019, and I was sitting in the governor's office with Ron DeSantis. And I'm from Florida, and he's our governor. I have a positive opinion of him, but no more than I would any other conservative governor. I'm not into politics got sucked into a little bit of this stuff in 2016 with the word of the Lord and Donald Trump. And I prophesied that he would not win re-election and everyone said that I was missing it, a false prophet in 2020, but I wasn't. And they they were caught up in this nasty political thing that got in the church for a while. And there are people that have assignments to be involved in the political realm. I'm not speaking against that. I know some prophets that God has called them I mean, call them to interact with with politicians and direct their destiny. The church that we're under, under the covering of Revival Ministries International, Rodney Howard Brown, he personally went and met with every single senator and congressman in Congress and challenged them to give their heart to Jesus. And a bunch of them did. And a bunch of them fell out in the Holy Ghost in in their offices. So people have an assignment. That's not mine. I abhor politics. If you really want me to just hit you on mute and hang up, just start going on and on about whatever's going on on the news. So don't listen to it. But I had this dream, and I'm sitting in Governor DeSantis' office, and I tell him by the word of the Lord, abortion shall be overturned in America. This is 2019. And then I said, and there's going to fracture, there's going to be a fracture, and there's going to become two Americas. Now, I'd forgotten that. And when I heard that phrase here a few weeks ago, I knew I'd heard that phrase before. Two Americas. I think so little of prophetic dreams that I don't even take note of it myself. <laughs> Belinda helped me remember that. She goes, You've said that before. So I had to look it up. I tell Governor DeSantis abortion shall be overturned in America, and there shall be a fracture, and there shall be two Americas. There's going to be an America that honors God and lives under His blessing. And there's going to be an America that comes under the curse of sin. And it will be a nasty place to live. And I told him people will move from different parts of the country because it's going to be like a supernatural protection over certain areas and an absolute hellhole in other areas where sin just runs random. Now you can see that happening. I don't watch the news under God, I don't watch the news, I don't listen to anything, but I mean, I live in America. I hear people talking about San Francisco, and people go to New York, and there's open feces on the, you know, and all these other things going on. There's going to be two Americas moving forward. There's going to be an America for the people of God, and there's going to be a hellhole for the people that are outside of God, and there's going to be calamity upon calamity upon calamity. On an unrighteous America that has rejected God. But the two shall become one. And I saw and I prophesied to Governor DeSantis in this dream. Abortion shall be overturned. The country shall fracture into two Americas. But it won't matter because one more time the mighty hand of God is going to sweep across this nation and revival is going to sweep America one more time before the return of Jesus Christ. And I tell you, I didn't know if abortion would be overturned in six years or 66 years. I never dreamed it would be overturned within 18 months. But if the first part of the prophetic dream was true and the second part is already happening, maybe the third part's going to happen. One more time! The hand of God is going to sweep across America. And you and I are going to be a big part of it. Not because God sovereignly decides he's going to move in America. No, 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 no. Men and women. Full of the fire of God. God's going to pour the kerosene of the anointing on. And they're going to burn. And the world's going to come and watch them. And miracles shall spring forth. And it'll be like the days of old. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've never publicly given this word. I've seen revival sweep America. I see a small country church. I see a small country church in Tennessee that doesn't have 100 people on Sunday morning. And I see 10,000 people gathered on the ground to hear the word of God. Such great calamity is coming to the world that men's heart will fail them For fear. But they will come to the people of God. That have the answers. And and that's you and me. That's not some mythical people that God's going to raise up. They're already in America right now. But they're sitting. Bored in twos. They've got to get ignited by the spirit of God. You know why revival tarries? Because God doesn't have anyone that's burning for him. Why does revival tarry? Because God's not motivated? No. God's waiting for a company of people to grab a hold of the Spirit of God and burn, burn, burn for the Lord Jesus. Not consumed by what's on TV. Not consumed by what's on social media. Only consumed by the heart of God. And when that people comes, and I see it happening even this year, Pastor Will. I see it happening even in the city of Houston. I believe that's why he's called me here with you. I see it happening in the city of Houston. Not just Houston, but God is going to raise up the most unlikely people. Burning with the fire of God. And the world will come to watch them burn. I drive past these NFL stadiums. See, I don't care if you clap. I'm giving you the word of the Lord. I care nothing if you agree with me. My job is to release the word of the Lord. All of these NFL arenas that you see, they were not built. They were not built so you can see a bunch of men in tights slapping each other's butts and chasing a leather ball. They think that's why they were built. They were built to house the people that will come to see the Spirit of God on open display. Can a nation turn in a day I'm telling you, America will turn so fast. You'll go back to recordings like this, Will Brocker, and you'll say, God was saying this. He was laying the groundwork for years. America shall turn, and it will happen so fast. But it's going to look like absolute hell before it does. But it will not touch the people of God. There shall be, says the Spirit of God, two Americans... Yours and theirs. Those inside the church and those outside the church. Men's hearts will fail for fear when they see of what's coming to America. You say there could never be an occupying force in America. Don't be so sure. This big, strong, mightiest military in the world. There would never be an occupying force that would come to America. Don't be so sure. I've seen the tan boot. Don't be so sure that you'll never see America falter. For her days of strength came from her foundation. And the Bible declares, declares if the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous Do. But God's going to reclaim the foundations of America. Amen. I know that America's really confused. We don't even know what a man or a woman, a boy and a girl is anymore. But that nonsense will only last for so long until much bigger problems come and grab the attention of people. Hallelujah. You say that's a sobering word. No. It's such an encouraging word because I'm part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to Malachi chapter 3. <clears throat> Hallelujah. <clears throat> We're going to go to Malachi 3 in a minute. Don't let me forget, babe. I'm turning to Daniel chapter <clears> 10 <throat> <throat> for a second. <clears throat> yeah. Daniel chapter 10. See, those of you that are spiritual, let me ask you a question. All of the demonic forces that you see in the scriptures, are they still on the earth? Yeah, you bet they are. All of the demonic spirits that ruled over nations, are they still around? Yeah. They most certainly are. I've seen the demonic spirits that are over America. I've seen a strong man with a shadow bigger than the continental outline of the 48 states. Does it matter to God? Not even a little bit. Daniel chapter 10. The angel of the Lord comes to Daniel. I won't go into the whole story. This is Daniel 10 and 12. The angel said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And the angel says, I've come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. And behold, Michael, the archangel, archangel, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I've been left alone there with the king of Persia. And then you'll see he goes on in verse 20, and he says that after he deals with the prince of Persia, he's going to go fight the prince of Greece. Listen, there were demonic principalities all the way back in the days of Daniel. They're still on the earth today. Yes, yes, the light the light of America has diminished. This righteous beacon has diminished. But she's still the largest propagator of the gospel on planet earth. No one is sending the gospel across the earth like they are in America. In the next 10 years, Nigeria will supersede America in the number of missionaries they plant around the world. We're watching the balance of power that we've always known shift before our eyes. But God's not done with America. You can't sow this gospel to the nations of the world and be left alone. The mighty hand of God is going to move on the behalf of America. But is it sovereign? No! No, it's not sovereign. It's people like you. You! Filled with the Spirit of God. Releasing your gift to people that would never darken the door of a church. Have an encounter with God because you've so elevated yourself. I'm prophesying to you. You've so elevated yourself into the anointing that it no longer tickles the ear, and warms the heart, but it stirs the spirit of man. Hallelujah. <laughs> William Seymour, the one-eyed black preacher that led the Azusa Street Revival, We all have our Pentecostal heritage because of 312 Bonnie Bray Street in California. And he led that revival and he cried out to God, praying eight hours a day for America. He said, Lord, get me in the kerosene of your spirit that I may burn for you. That's all America needs. Listen, your pastor is a great Bible teacher. And I say that to preface what I'm about to say because I get in trouble when I say things like this. But if great Bible teaching could turn America, baby, there's never been a generation with more excellent Bible teaching and teachers, as evidenced by Pastor Will, than there is right now. It's going to take a move of the Spirit of God that causes people to quake in their boots in the holiness of God. And it is going to happen. By the word of the Lord, it is going to happen. So you're not going to be shaken when you see America fracture. You're not going to be shaken when you see the economy move, just go to hell. I told you in January, Psalm 6511, that even the hard pathways will overflow with abundance for the people of God because you crown the year with your goodness. I receive daily prayer requests from Christians all over America. There are some terrible things happening in the job market terrible thing happening in the business world. You haven't even seen the half of what is coming. But it will not touch you long term. You may encounter it for a bit. But when you understand that you're not part of that America you're part of the America that's in covenant with Almighty God you'll know, and this is the word of the Lord, my case is different. That may be the case for them. But my case is different. Malachi chapter 3. Russ, don't ever preach like this. This is not effective communication at all. (laughs) Be like Pastor Will. Watch his podcast line upon line. Hallelujah. Malachi chapter 3. Verse 18. Then you shall again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked. Between the one who serves God and the one who does not. Malachi 3.18. There shall be two Americas. There shall be. It's done, baby. There shall be two Americas. But God's word to you, grace and truth, church, is you will again. People will see your lives. And God says you will see the difference in the lives of the people of Grace and Truth Church between the righteous and the wicked, between those that serve God and those that don't. Those that don't serve God can't find a job. Those that don't serve God lose their house to foreclosure. Those that don't serve God can't keep a car, Gone. Those that don't serve God, marriage destroyed. But when you know who you are and you know your covenant rights, your case is different. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every day, you can look in the mirror and you do well to say, my case is different. Yeah, hey, that's what the world says. That's what the doctor's report says. That's what the bank balance says. That, that's what that looks like when my kid's in jail again. But my case is different. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. First Corinthians 3, 3 says that you're not a mere man. It's like one of my favorite scriptures ever. Why do you live as mere men? See, I may look like a man, and I am fully man. I'm not confused like a lot of people nowadays. All men, really? All men. But I'm not a mere man. People out there are not filled with the Spirit of God. They're mere men. But I'm not a mere man. I'm filled with something you know not of. I've got inside information. I've got the God that created this whole thing. Speaking in my left ear all day long. I can go to the secret place anytime that I want to. I can hide under the shadow of his wings and he'll tell me things that are to come. No, don't do that. Yes, go there. This makes no sense, but go do that. That's the way you're going to live in two Americas. Listen, your days of being able to get by and not be spiritual are over baby Amen. I'm telling you I know that this won't make anybody jump up and shout your days of being half in and half out half backslid, slid over the course of the year up down up down baby you're going to have a hard time you could get by when everything was prospering but America's days of prospering by nature of being America are over if the foundations be destroyed what shall the righteous do we let God rebuild the foundations of our life yeah. on His Word. Hey, I'm not trying to keep two Americas going. I'll pay taxes. I'll obey the laws of the land up until they violate the Word of God. And then you can come arrest me. You can kill me. It makes me no difference. I am going to honor God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I'll tell you this. We faith. We think, as you look around in America, there's not lots of great men and women of God, but there really are. You can feel sometimes like, man, almost everybody's backslid. Is anybody serious about the kingdom of God? But, oh, there's still 7,000 prophets that have to bow the veil or kiss his face. I'm telling you. I see it as I travel. There is a remnant of people that love God. I mean, they love God a lot more than they love their own pleasure and their own leisure. That's how you can really know if you're spiritual, by the way. What do you love to do with your time? I'm as much for hobbies, even though I don't really have any. I'm as much for hobbies and all that stuff. I took this to the Lord one day. I'm very concerned about preachers. I mean, most preachers care more about what they look like on social media than pressing into God and carrying his miraculous power. And it's a problem. It's a problem. For, the, for Jesus, it's a problem. And I've been talking to the Lord about it, and the Lord gave me this insight. Watch what makes people laugh. Watch what makes people cry, and you can see exactly where their heart is. And so since I'm going to lose half of you anyway, let me ask you something. (laughs) In the last 30 days, what have you laughed at? What's caused you to lose? Things that please Jesus or things that he died to redeem you from? See, I'm not afraid of anything. I'll, I'll look you in the eye and I'll ask you. What have you been laughing at? What has caused you to weep with the heart of God? That's how you know if you're spiritual. Hard word. To build you can feel the atmosphere shit. don't care. You who are spiritual, that's what God called us to be. Half of the battle is just recognizing that just because everyone else lives that way, that's not the portion of the righteous. I'm not saying that we have to go back and be Puritans. But I'm not not saying that we don't need to go back and be Puritans. I relate more to the first century church than I ever did in the 21st century church. I just don't get it. Hallelujah. You who are spiritual. Are you spiritual? I wish I could get off of this, but I can't. Are you spiritual? You're going to be. If you want to make it in the days to come, you better be. If you saw what they tried to do under COVID, now remember, I laid in a hospital for three days, dying. And I was taught away for three days of God. And he showed me anything I ever wanted to know, he showed me. And I've forgotten 90% of it. It has escaped me. But I saw COVID was the plan of man. I saw that COVID was engineered in a lab. Before that was ever proven. Before Now they've all the leaked emails that we now knew about. it. And, you know, our government funded it through the National Institute of Health. That's not conspiracy theory. That's fact. You can go to the website right now and read the emails. But I knew all that in the hospital. And I knew that the vaccine was going to be a wicked thing that would harm as many people as it helped. And believe me, if you could see my email, you know how many pastors I know that are dead because they took the vaccine under pressure? Yes. And that's not conspiracy. That's true. Russell Lorping tells the truth. But if you thought that diabolical thing that they tried to take over the earth with, not that COVID wasn't real, it was real. It was a manufactured disease in a lab to attack the lungs. And it did. And I, I lived through it. But if you think they're going to stop when they saw that they could control the earth, that they could shut down 80% of all small businesses in 30 days, you think they're not going to try that again? I've seen it. I'm not allowed to tell you what I've seen. Another great man just stood up in a ministers' conference with people from 47 nations in all 50 states and said, if I told you what's coming in 2025... Some of you would just want to go to heaven early. You've seen the pressure they can put on you. You can see how everything can change. That stuff's coming again, folks. That 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 blueprint, that blueprint, they will try it again. But I tell you this much: they're not going to catch the church asleep like they did this last time. Right. A lot of people got pushed yeah. around. They're not going to be pushed around next time. Yeah. Watch and see that, later. Amen. But you better be able to hear the Spirit of God and and listen. If you understood what carnality... Man, this is not a way to win a crowd, (laughs) Russ. If you understood what carnality cost you, it cost you the adventure of a lifetime. It cost you the life of your dreams. Where you have to pinch yourself that I get to live this life on planet Earth. Because what's on Netflix or television is more attractive than being out in the mix with people representing Jesus to the world. I don't get it. But I see it. I see it in the spirit, an entire generation hijacked by a glowing box. Some of the boxes are like that size in people's living room, and a whole generation under the age of 21 hold it hold it in their hands. Hijacked by a glowing box. Now, you were in the service on a Wednesday night in what year that I had the prophecy of the glowing box? Just
1: a few years ago, maybe. Before Florida?
0: Before Florida, right? Before Florida. It was at River of Grace. on a a, a Wednesday night some number of years ago I was taken over by the Spirit of God and it caught me by surprise and I I could feel my lips moving but I had no I mean it's only happened a handful of times I was not involved the Lord borrowed my body that's not the way prophecy normally works it all comes through my soul and I have to wrestle and discern and I have to see and press in and you know some of you that follow prophecy you kind of know what that feels like This was the Lord took over my mouth. And I prophesied about a generation that was being hijacked by a glowing box. You know what's wild is that? The prophet just sent me something from 1983. A prophetic word from Kansas City. Where he said, There will be wireless televisions that people hold in their hands. It will be the greatest asset and the greatest curse for the church since the printing of the Bible. Don't participate in that nonsense. You wouldn't think you would need to say this in America, but you do. And I love you, Grace and Truth Church. And I want to spin it really fast to be really positive. But if you are held captive by entertainment, by your phone, by social media, stop it. Here's what I do. This is for me. If there is ever a day that I've spent time on a stupid device, that I haven't been in the manifest presence of God, I immediately stop and run to the presence of God. That's what I've done for my life. It's not that I'm not on social media. I am. I've done a ministry. I mean, that's like the inbox for the world to reach you. But do I know what it's like to lose an hour or two hours of people's stupid stuff? Yes. Anybody relate? (laughs) But what I've decided for my life is the presence of God is what I esteem and honor the most. And there will never be a day that I'm on a stupid device and I'm without being in the presence of my Father. My hero in the faith, Miss Littlesworth, who's dead now, some of y'all may know who he is, he said it like this. You want to know how you can be guaranteed to never backslide? Pray in tongues every day until you feel the manifest presence come on your body and it's impossible to backslide. He had that rainbow word from God. I've been practicing that for 20 years and I'm not backsliding. Praise the Lord. Amen. This morning, this morning, I was practicing that in my hotel room. And at 8.40 in the morning, I felt that, the thing I love more than even my wife and kids. I felt, and I told Belinda, I said, here it is, that manifest presence of God. Where He's everywhere all the time. He's omnipresent, but He's not always manifesting. But God comes where He's called. And something about God that I'll never understand, grace and truth, is He waits to be one. This is one of the five parts I wanted to bring you. I heard the Lord say this. This is for you, grace and truth. Come as close as you want. This is what the Lord says to you. Come as close as you want. James <laughs> chapter 4 verse 8 says that if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Amen. I don't understand this about God. He lets us decide how close do we want to come. If you could see my life privately, you would find that I'm like this all the time, just dialed down in volume. I'm the same, right? I mean, I would be having this conversation with Will in a coffee shop. Hannah, I would be sitting with you and a bunch of your friends somewhere in a cafe, and I'd be having the same conversation about the things of God. I'm like this all the time. I have purpose in my heart And I have asked God to let me bottle for a whole generation. How close can a man get to God? How preoccupied can a man be with this beautiful Jesus? D.L. Moody said this. He said, the world has yet to see what God can do with a man who's fully committed to him. I had that printed on a 20 foot by 3 foot banner in my church office when I pastored. And it called out to me and haunted me every single day. Really nice office, fancy furniture, first class for Jesus. Belinda hated it. This obnoxious banner, 20 foot by 3 foot, that says the world has yet to see what God could do with a man fully committed to him. You know, I found that as we were cleaning out the studio, and I, I can't bring myself to throw it away. I will keep it forever. God lets you determine how close do you want to be to God. You can't answer an altar call and have this matter. This is not something that you do publicly. As much as I believe in the laying on of hands and impartation, there's no impartation to bring me closer to God. God lets you determine how close you want to be to Him by how close you draw. Come as close as you want, praise the truth. That's the word of the Lord. That's worth getting up, getting dressed, and coming to church for. You can have any portion in God that you want. And I feel some of you in this room, you want a lot more of God than you're experiencing. Amen. You know the only thing that will cost you is your time. You can't draw close to Netflix and the presence of God at the same time. by telling the truth, Pastor Will? Can't draw close to what everyone else is doing on social media and the presence of God. The old school Pentecostals would call televisions one-eyed demon boxes. They were against everything. They were dumb. They were against makeup and yep. pants and everything else that makes girls look pretty. God loves makeup. Right. And Jesus told someone that there's a lady, who read the scriptures, cried out to God, I'll do whatever you say. You never want me to cut my hair, have obnoxious hair, I'll do it. You want me to never wear makeup and look like I just rolled out of bed, I'll do it. And Jesus said, I love makeup and I love beautiful hair. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> Praise the Lord, and I'm glad. <laughs> Hallelujah. So old school religion talks about these kinds of things, holiness, and they make you think that you have to do these things. And if you watch TV, you're going to hell. If you listen to rock music, you're going to hell. I'm not saying you're not going to hell. I have no interest in anything that doesn't please Jesus. And if we were to scroll through, hey, look, I already lost half the crowd. If I was to scroll through your internet browsing history. Look at the buffer on your Netflix at home. Are they things that please Jesus? Isn't that a simple way to live? If it doesn't make you smile, Jesus, let it be far from me. I was sitting with a multimillionaire and I just, and I was, you know, I wasn't trying to offend me, but I was at dinner with him. And out of my spirit, I said, and let your cursed tongue be no more. And he has a prolific, I mean, he could weave tapestry with cuss words in the English language. <laughs> Knew more variations of the F word than you can even dream. People like that irritate me because I don't talk that way. But I'll be around anybody. I mean, Jesus was around prostitutes and drunkards, but then when you tell me that you've been a Christian for 50 years, we've got a problem. But out of my spirit, the Lord said, Let that cursed tongue be far from you. It's limiting what I can do in your life. And that's the last thing I want to say along these lines. Religion will try to tell you what you can do with your time to please Jesus. Like to make Him that you be, uh, He would approve of your life. Well, the blood of Jesus has made you accepted in the beloved. God will never be more knocked out about you than He is. Right? And this is the Grace Church. And we know that well. And at the same time. And listen, I am proudly part of the grace community. I mean, if you ask people what I am, they say, well, is he a prophet? Is he a revival guy? Or is he a grace preacher? I'm all of them. I'm all of them. But you open up the first three chapters of the book of Revelation, and Jesus, who no one had more of a revelation on grace than Jesus, had an awful lot to say about the behavior and the actions of the church. And I tell you, as a prophet of God, God has a lot to say about the actions of His children because He loves you and He sees what a limiting force it is in your life. If you understood what worldliness does to your heart, you you let it be far from you. It's corrosive. You can't be tender and hear the Lord and love with His compassion when you have cussing and alcohol and Nonsense and violence and all this worldly nonsense in your world, it puts a nasty layer over your heart. You'll never respond in tenderness. Your response won't be, What can I bring them from the presence of Jesus? It'll be, They they really deserve that. Y'all know what I'm saying? Your world, whatever it's filled with, is going to flood every fiber of your being. I've made a decision, my wife has made a decision. She's better at this than even me. Nothing that could ever displease Jesus will be in our environment where we have control. This has radically change your life, Grace and Truth Church. I don't live with you. I'm not the Holy Ghost. But I know when I've nailed something in the spirit, I've been at this thing day or you. God wants you to know that the compromise is costing you more than you ever dreamed. And that it's not hard. It's such an easy shift. If it doesn't please Jesus, it's no more. Today, on June the 18th, it's no more. If it doesn't please Jesus, if He wouldn't say it, if He wouldn't watch it, if He wouldn't consume it, if He wouldn't listen to it, if He wouldn't laugh at it, it's no longer a part of my world. And you will watch your intimacy with God skyrocket. And the things you've been crying out to God for will happen effortlessly. Not because God is now somehow motivated to bless you, but because you live in position to receive. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. That's pretty hard preaching for a grace church, Pastor Will. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me give you one more thing from the Spirit of God. There's a scripture. See if we can end this one on a high note. <laughs> Psalm 58. See, I'm not going to give you what you want. I'm going to endeavor to only give you what you need. And God sees where he wants to take you. He sees what's limiting you. And he's addressing it right here. And I promise you that if I bring you a true word from God, and I am, there's an anointing that makes it effortless to make it part of your life. Things that you would have struggled with for years, even addictions, they'll drop off effortlessly in the anointing of the word of the Lord. That's how this supernatural kingdom works. Until your pride gets in the way, but we'll talk about that some other time. Mm. If you say, that's not me, you'll miss it. But if you recognize it, if it touches you, then you say, Lord, if you're speaking, I'm listening. I'll I'll, I'll do it today, today. Lord, if you say to lay it down, it's down, baby, down. Never to be picked up again. Mm. Romans 5.8. Nope. Psalm 5.8. Psalm 5 eight. Romans 5a says that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Praise the Lord. Despite our best efforts, Pastor Will, praise the Lord. Psalm 5 eight says, make your way straight before my face. I was waiting on the Lord in prayer and fasting for this meeting. And I heard this phrase from the Lord. Three degrees. Three degrees. That many of you are not radically off you're not off course you're not at a 45 degree difference like god wants you to go this way and you're really headed this way it's only really a matter of about three degrees do you know how easy it is to move back your steering wheel to get back in line if you're only three degrees off now i don't do illustrations very well they always fall flat but let's try this one if god wants me to go straight and i'm three degrees off if I walk far enough, I'll end up way, way, way off course. But as I walk, if I'll just move a little bit, move a little bit, move a little bit, I'll stay right on course. The word of God declares, make your way straight before my face. There's an anointing, There's an anointing in this building now. To make whatever changes, are, this will be the easiest thing you've ever done. The anointing makes it effortless. It's like a cheat code for life. If you're only three degrees off, you can shift right now. In the presence of God, just heart shift, heart shift, heart shift. And the longer I walk with Jesus, the more I have to stay in His presence. And the more I stay in His presence, it's a little heart shift, heart shift. Apologize. Send Send that person an offering. Go over here and do this. It's just a little shift, shift. Shift and I just keep straight right into the supernatural, perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Praise yeah. the Lord. And you would have it. So I bring this sobering word of the Lord and then I give you this promise. It's not so hard, it's only about 3% off. And you can make that shift today in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. Father, This is not how I saw this service going. But I've released your word to the best of my ability. And now, Father, anything else you want to do while I'm in front of these great people, I want Praise the Lord. That's the peace of God flooding the building you can see on my nose, the very, very first thing that I wrote down, the Lord said that this morning he would drop from heaven answers, 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 anything that you want to ask God about right now, there is an anointing for answers, not from the mouth of man, but from the mouth of God right now, in the anointing, you can have answers. And they're dropping. And I see people waking up, even this night. I see 2.30 in the morning. If you wake up at 2.30 in the morning with an answer, you'll know that it was from the hand of God. But right now, you can have answers that you need. And listen, I'm gay. I'll prophesy to anybody, anything. But I'm telling you, the Lord is moving differently. He's giving you answers in this meeting today to so that which hinders. He's giving you answers in this meeting for how to move forward and to finish this year in a radically different place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's do this. If anything <clears throat> that the word of the Lord has said today has touched your heart in some way and you feel like you want to respond to that, that something that was said under the unction of the Holy Ghost impacted you in your heart. And he said, there's something there that's for me. I told you to raise one hand to heaven. We're not giving an altar call. Nobody's coming up. If something that was said resonated in your spirit, just raise one hand to heaven. Father, you see the response of your people. Now, Lord, do what only you can do. Lord, bring supernatural change, bring supernatural confirmation, and bring supernatural answers by the Holy Ghost. And I praise you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 My brother here was running the the sound and stuff. Were you running the, the... I see you... Endeavoring in some type of Bible training that you desperately need that is going to be like fuel on a fire for your life. And, I, and I'm and i asking the Lord if he'll show me a specific route here to take and I can't see it. But if you've been praying about something along those lines, um, good. And if you're not praying about those lines, you should. Um, the Lord is going to lead you into some type of like focus. Bible training. And he's going to hone you like a like a sword. A very, very sharp in a very, very specific area. And I see you like going on a way with God. Like on a journey where even the Holy Ghost will teach you himself some things. But I see you open with books so you're not going to go out there and, and be a nut by yourself. But I see you being instructed of others and then taking those things to the Lord and Him just sharpening you so you're actually an expert in the kingdom of God in this area. And this will mean a lot more to you over the next 24 months, I see. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Do you have any little, you know, any keys? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, he's so wonderful. Jesus has so much for us, doesn't he? Amen. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I've been seeing something. Present truth, we are we are word people Amen. and we are spirit people, right? Amen. Yes. I, I see on Wednesday nights, and this is something the Lord's already been birthing in my heart, but in the new place on Wednesday nights, which we don't have access now, it's going to be just a, a quick uh, reality check on the Word from Sunday, on how to walk in that, what that looks like realistically, and then straight into activation and flowing in the gifts. And that's what Wednesdays are going to be about that's the other half of the equation for what God's shown me to be the vision. The end times church, walking in power and victory, adorned with all the gifts of the Spirit, healing, empowering, loving, and prospering in the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. And uh, I just want you, to see if Steve Russell would just give us a glimpse of this, and I just saw a picture. First of all, what we need to do is we need to, we need to grow into that place that God has for us, right? And so if he would allow, maybe Maddie and her mother could come and just say a prayer over you guys about about boldness, which we've talked about. And that doesn't mean being boisterous. It just means talking about Jesus. And this child is invited probably more than any of us to the Lord and successfully in the last year or so. So I would love for her to pray over you guys, for you all to do that. And then I would like for Russ to come next to his daddy and speak a little bit about that activating and flowing in the gifts. And just a prayer for that. And just as briefly or whatever that sure. shows you. But that's just something I saw. Amen. We're on the spot. Come here, kids. Uh, <laughs> so my
0: name is Sam. We pray with the people for boldness. And Russ, pray people that they'll be able to flow in the gifts of the spirit. And let it know. Lord, we rebuke any spirit of fear over these people in Jesus' name. We thank you for your boldness. These are righteous people, Lord. They are your people, and we declare that the righteous are bold as a lion. So, Lord, these people walk in your boldness in Jesus' name, bringing people to you, Lord. You want these people saved more than they do, Lord. So your words reaching through them, Lord to see so many people saved, all spirit of fear leaves in Jesus' name. Lord, just as I do it, Lord, just as so many of my classmates have done it, we've been able to do it and bring people to you. That same anointing rests upon all of them right now in Jesus' name for your holy boldness to reach out and bring people into the kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray and I thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you that you have called each and every person here to do something for you. Father, I thank you they will walk in your spirit. And they will walk in these gifts, Father, that come from your spirit. And they will not be by their flesh, but by your might and by your spirit. And God, I thank you everything in the flesh that would hinder them will die. And I thank you, God, they will grow in your spirit and they will flow Effortlessly in all your gifts, God, and thank you that many people will come into your kingdom. Miracles will break out, Father. I thank you that all these things will happen in the name of Jesus, as you as they submit themselves to you and they submit themselves to your spirit and your leading, and they yield themselves. God, thank you that you they will you will be able to use them mightily in Jesus' name. I pray, Amen. Amen. Right here, camera, right? Mm-hmm. I see you planted in this church, and I see you being known as someone that people can come to to hear the word of the Lord. Where people will say, Man, if you need to hear God, you show up there on a Sunday night, and if that lady with the red hair is for you, you're probably going to hear from God. I see God developing that in you, but I see the Lord doing a mighty work in your heart. As I was preaching today, I really feel like it was flowing in to you. And the Lord, he's calling you higher. And I just want to confirm that to you by the Spirit of God. He's calling you higher to lay aside some things and to run in the high places of God. Better than you. This life is calling you better than you ever dreamed. Let it written. Let it My brother here? My brother here. You're the one that drops in. Am I right? Yeah. I think I've said this to you before. Uh, There's a strength about you that I actually draw in the meeting. I mean, it's awesome. But I see you coming alongside a pastor, that you are the answer to his prayers. And that same strength and stability that you bring into the meeting here, God is planting you somewhere for a mighty man of God. And I just want to confirm that to you. And man, you have such a tender heart for God. I felt the word of the Lord impact on you as I was ministering. Father, speak to him. Hey, you'll gladly make a 3% shift. You want what God wants. I want, all of it. Amen. And you'll have it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And, you. and you're going <laughs> to be rich. You're going to be rich. Do you believe it? You sure? All right. Praise the Lord. Do you deal with chronic pain? Father, I curse this now. In Jesus' name. No. I'm not kidding. In Jesus' name, chronic pain and its underlying cause go now. Amen. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Grace and truth. I don't know what in the world I'm going to be doing in the ministry in the next five years. But I promise you, you're going to be seeing this mother around here. <laughs> building to building, paying off a building, dedicating a new building. It's going to be awesome. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, it's 1230. Give me five more minutes. Pastor Will asked me to take up the morning offering. And I didn't ask you for this. He said he wants the whole offering to go the power of God, which is our ministry. So we'll gladly do that. But I was was going to teach on the offering no matter what. I learned something a long time ago. And any of you that have any aspirations for the ministry, hear me well. Always encourage the people in their giving. Nothing touches people like the hindrance on their finances. The devil works by financial pressure. And God has a remedy for how to live. And God's economy operates completely outside of the American economy. For 23 years now. 23? No. God. God. Almost 25 years now I've lived without any salary. My boss is God. I don't, the, I don't have the guaranteed paycheck on the first of every month. For 25 years I've lived by living in the economy of God... By sowing and by reaping. And I want to give you one scripture this morning that I've come to live by. And I didn't know. So again, I would be preaching the same thing if I wasn't giving an offering at all. I want you to be blessed. See, that's what Paul said in Philippians. You think I'm preaching for the fruit that goes to my account, but I'm not. Paul said like Russell Lorkin says, I'm, I'm not that I'm ever in need. I am never in need. I want you to be blessed blessed. And let me give you this word from God. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 2 Corinthians 9. If I could do it all over again and start over in the ministry, I'd pay more attention to this verse. Again, Don't give in the offering this morning because you think that Russell Lorty and his family have needs. I don't have any needs. I don't have any needs. If you put a million dollars in the offering this morning, I'll do more for Jesus than if you put in a hundred. If you put nothing in the offering, I'm still going to do things for Jesus by His mighty hand. But you get to participate in the extension of the kingdom of God. But God actually says, and we're going to pick this up at 2 Corinthians 9... Verse 6. But this I say, he who spares, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. God has let us determine, just like we need to determine how close we want to draw to God. God lets us determine how do we want to be blessed. The same measure that you sow, that you give... It's the same measure that God gives back to you. The kingdom of God operates this way. The people of God don't, don't understand it. I've given a dollar in an offering before, and I've given $100,000 in an offering before. It feels the exact same. We give, we're led by the unction of the Holy Ghost. So all I want you to do this morning is ask God one simple question. Lord, do you want me to sow in the power of God world outreach? And if you do, how much? And if you get two figures, the little one's the devil and the big one's God. (laughs) But maybe you don't want to sow in the power of God. Makes me no difference. But God says that the same measure that you sow in the power of God is the same measure God is going to give back to you. And I promise you this, grace and truth, I can say this with great boldness. If you sow in the power of God, world outreach, you're going to be blessed. I have partners that started sowing in our ministry when they made $5,000 a month. Now they make $50,000 a month. And they tell me all the time, the only thing that changed is I started sowing into the nation. Through power of God. I want you blessed. Grace and Truth Church is great ground. I'm so into Grace and Truth Church. But he said the offering for power of God this morning. So I just want to pray. Father, in Jesus' name, every person that gives, I'm asking you to take this anointing that you've put on our ministry for multiplication. Multiply these gifts back to them. Even a hundredfold. In Jesus' name, Lord, I ask you to give them supernatural increase in their finances even this week. Even this week, Lord, that you amaze them in a way they've got to reach out and tell me. In Jesus' name, I thank you for it. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. In America, nothing will kill the anointing faster than an offering. I always <laughs> wait until the end. Don't care. In these last days, you're going to see a great shift in the way people view money. They're going to have to. You'll be able to get by for a long time without having to operate by sowing and reaping in the kingdom. But those days are coming to an end. Praise the Lord. Pastor Will, come. Grace and truth, I don't know when I'll be back, but I promise you that I'll be back. I promise you that anything that this man needs, that I can do or believe in, I will do or believe in. I am with you guys in covenant for the long haul. And now I see the building. I'm standing in front of you right now, and I see the building. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey. Blue, baby, blue. (laughs) glorious. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for the great things you have for Grace and Truth Church. Lord, I call them in. I call them in in the spirit of multiplication in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen. That's the last thing. This lady right here. My sister right here. I just heard the Lord say, Tell her, ask me anything. Ask me anything, and I'll do it. I I promise you, He tells me this sometimes. I was looking at you, just appreciating the crowd. And the Lord said, tell her, ask me anything, and I'll do it. You better ask me, my friend. You better ask the Lord. Ask him big. The Lord said, ask me anything, and I'll do it. it? Yeah, she make you go, woo! oh my. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One last thing, Grace and Truth Church. <laughs> the Lord said, if you'll let me be your everything, I'll give you anything. If you'll let me be your everything, I'll give you anything. Can I leave you with that word as I fly back to Emma? Let Jesus be your everything. And then let Him show off by giving you anything in Jesus' name. Love y'all. Bye-bye.
1: Joey, wait, hold on before you leave folks, listen, listen, we want to, we want to pray for you, if, uh, I just feel like some of you um, didn't hear Russell when he said that God's answering your request today, and that's true, that's what we're trying to teach you here all the time, about the personal relationship. I tell you, 99% of your Christian life is going to be spent alone, and I don't, I don't, I don't say that to bum you out. I say that to prepare you to be as strong as horseradish in your personal relationship and your knowledge of your new identity in Christ. So, no matter how dark the night is and lonely, you are never alone. Amen. 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 But this is the place you come and you can always be prayed for here. If, if that's you, if you just feel like you're that person that I'm saved and I know Jesus my Lord. But I, I you know, I'm not getting nearly nearly what, what I'm hearing preached about on Sundays. And, and I want it. I want more. I want to make that shift. I want to make that three degree turn. If, if that's you, just raise your hand. All right heavenly father we just thank you we thank you for all of these honest people and all the all the liars too that didn't raise their hand where they repent but lord we just thank you that we all want everything that you have and everything that you are if 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 we don't have that in our heart Lord, and we just we're just so carnal and, and we have such strongholds and such walls built up in the flesh lord just just turn our heart Plow our hearts and make it sensitive to you again. Give us a a powerful desire for you and your word. We just just want to crave you, Lord, and not the things of this world. We want to be able to to understand what it is when these men and women of God talk about life after the spirit and and being a spiritual being. We, We just don't quite get that yet, but we want it. If that's you, Lord's going to be working in your life this week. We're going to have testimonies. I'm going to have to make room for testimonies in the next week and the week after that for some of you to come forth and just say, look, it's the first time in my Christian life that I've actually I actually know what that means now. The, the light bulb has gone on. I have revelation knowledge. I have understanding of life after the Spirit and I'm pressing in to God like never before and He's showing Himself to me to be strong and faithful. That's going to happen for you. If anybody here has not made the Lord Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, just raise your hand right where you're at. If you're not sure, if you're not sure, raise your hand. Praise God. Praise God. Just There we go. Praise God. Say this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. We just thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. I believe that you sent him here to earth. He was born as a child. He lived the perfect life that I never could. He died for my sins on the cross. And he lives today. And he lives today, seated at your right hand, your majesty. Seated your right hand. And I choose him. And I choose him to the exclusion of all others. To To be my Lord and Savior. To be my Lord and Savior. If you said that prayer, welcome to the kingdom of God. Listen. One thing that I've been thinking about: no one's ever come to me recently and asked about baptism in water. Obviously, we don't have a baptismal here, but I can I can find some water for you. Believe me, I baptized a guy outside of a church I pastored one time in a baby pool, and he was bigger. He was bigger than Russell. I thought that was the most wonderful thing I ever seen. It was the water was this deep. Praise God. Any of you need prayer for anything in your body? in your life, your relationships. Just come forward, and uh, you're not going to be turned away. Okay? We'll pray for you, the rest of you. We love you. We thank God for you. I look forward to seeing you all real soon. Amen? God bless you. Amen. All right. All right. Yeah, well,
0: let's do it. They say I'm possessed by a demon. Okay. They say I'm possessed by to say to leave. Okay. All right, let me
1: let me I'm in stain
0: everywhere. OK. Jesus' name. I lose freedom into her right now. in the eyes. I lose freedom into you right now. In Jesus' name. Any unclean thing out now. In Jesus' name. There's no devil there right now. You know, probably a stronghold. You're not possessed by a devil. You couldn't look me in the eyes if you were possessed by a devil. You start looking all over the place, okay? And I know well many people told you that, okay? Now tell me, you said you've got chronic pain throughout your body? You do they know the cause?
1: Uh,
0: you no, know, it's just like, all swelling in my arms and my hands and my knees and my ankles. It's all in my everywhere I the and everything. And I just have pain wow. yeah. so, so, What there is, is a spirit in front of you. It's not in the devil. It's a Right uh-huh. All, right. All right. Now close your eyes. Take a sniff to do this. Open your eyes. Jesus Christ and I command you to go now in Jesus name and I break every stronghold from every source in Jesus name now pain go foul tormenting me devil go in Jesus name you. father I loose this analogy. Into her body that drives out all swelling and all pain. Now, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. You say, pain, go, Jesus. Jesus, turn it in. All right, tell me what you're doing in your body right now. Yeah, it's it's the way it works. It diminishes a little bit. Bring it right again, and you're going to feel like a pain difference. Right? No big deal. It's just stuff like Jesus, Okay? You put your hand here just for your spirit. I don't want to touch you on your belly. i am just my hand on top of your Father, we release it now. Lord, every resistance who is commanded to go, all pain goes now. In Jesus' name. The pain, the pain, 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 pain. stays. Go in Jesus' name. Stop. Right Stop like you doing before. It's gone. Reveal it. You've got to be focused on it. Everything that was there is now gone. Now he's filled with God Himself. Pray for you one more time. Lord, fill her with the Holy Ghost now. Now Jesus' name. Now with Jesus' heart. Filled with the Holy Ghost now. In Jesus'
1: Thank you, Lord. you, Lord. All right. I see. All right. All right. All right. All right. All
0: right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. <laughs> Russ, see I have a great I feel that most people who be disturbed Fuck that. always, always it's easiest thing in the world. Hey, want, Russ, super proud of you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm still I don't know I'm still have this trend I can't get rid of I And then my son, I just to believe that when he talks about problems coming like, I'm, just I'm just it. a terrible email. A couple of months ago saying that we don't exist here I don't accept it. don't accept it, That's, best, you know, that's yeah, and, uh, he's just. It's just, yeah, just to see it, oh, you know, just like a problem.
0: Again. We're going Yeah, yeah. it. We're to remember
1: it. We're going to we it. I'm just going to
0: get rid of it. i to
1: be just we speak anything that has a name is a bow to the knee in the name of Jesus Christ. We speak to Tremor. Whatever's causing it, be gone. And believe right now in the name of Jesus and not return And stay away from everything to do with Vivian and everyone attached to him. In the name of Jesus, Tremor be gone now. Amen. Now you say it. Tremor be gone. In Jesus' name. Amen. Right. Identify it by name, whatever you call it, talking to your friends, and the yes. name of Jesus is where we get the power, yes. and you stand on it. Yes. Now, was it were you having tremor? Are you having it now? Sure. You no. Know, let's pray again okay. in the name of Jesus. Have you Keep going. You cannot stay. You cannot stay in the name of Jesus. Get out. Stay whatever the
0: problem is, be undone. Be undone. Shalom. Come here. New words. Word. 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 Jesus', hey. Jesus New oh, words. Word.
1: No Jesus. Word. No trimmers, Whatever you're out of prodigal son One. son One. 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 and One. 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 And you will call And In your and Jesus' name. Nothing out of Lord. every strong man. comes back, Jesus. Get out. And Stick with it. The structure